Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome to the Jewel Network Science Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming science, knowledge, and wisdom, which promotes and sustains the activation of the present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolving planetary society on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to broadcasting the sciences of life and the sciences of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you are being able to extract the very best the current 21st century has to offer. You are listening to the Dr. Jewel's Brain Balancing Program and more with your host, physician and surgeon, microbiologist, preventive medicine and hygiene physician, and Surgeon General, Dr. Jewel Pope. Greetings and welcome everyone to today's show. We have an exciting experience for you. Today, Dr. Jewel is taking questions, okay? We're going to do live Q&A with Dr. Jewel Pukra, and we're going to be discussing the mental and emotional aspect of modern-day medicine. So to have a conversation with Dr. Jewel Pukra or to ask a question, dial 347-215-9531 and hit star one to let us know that you have a question, that you have a question. So, again, that's 347-215-9531 to ask your question of Dr. Jewel Pukram. Again, this is a live Q&A with Dr. Jewel Pukram. And to uh, ask your question or speak with her, you want to simply state your name, where you're calling in from, and if you want to be anonymous, it's okay. Let us know where you're calling from, and uh, hit star one on your phone to let us know that you have a question, and you can dial 347-215-9531. So for those of you that are listening online, you can, again, hit the chat and also be able to put your question in the chat, and we will definitely ensure that we get to your questions. So get ready for your experience with Dr. Jewel Pokin today, a live question and answer session, as we also share with you the mental and emotional aspects of modern day disease. So we will be right back and get ready to have a conversation with Dr. Jewel Pokin. Again, you can dial 347-215-9531. To call in and ask your question, and if you're on on the line, hit star one to raise your hand and let us know that you have a question. Greetings, and how's everyone today? Aha, we fooled you. A little different here today, but we're excited about being here with you 
And um, this is a holiday for the uh, veterans. And uh, all of you who are veterans, we want to thank you for your devotion and dedication in supporting what you have believed in and what you love. Now, we're having a whole new reorganization and a wonderful opportunity to look at what it is that we all stand for. And so this day is a very special day because it's time now for us to look at what do we value, why do we value it, and what are we willing to do to sustain what we believe in. So instead of uh, focusing on what appears as though uh, it's not working in our behalf or that what we stood for is actually declining and dismantling, let us look at the opportunity to redefine what is worth us living for. It's time now that we recognize that we love things so much that we are willing to live for them. It's not about the dying anymore. And my goodness, billions of people have died for what they believe in. Can we flip that? And can we say, I'm willing to live for this under all circumstances, under all conditions, I am willing to live to make this our truth. I'm willing to live to make this our standard. I'm willing to live to make sure that our children and their children are aware of what I've loved and what I've valued. And I'm willing to live to be here for them that they can hear the stories from me. So let's make this Veterans Day really a transitional day for us living. Can we be a veteran for life, a veteran for life, a veteran because when things are so strange-looking and so difficult, it appears that we are willing to live through it, that we are living to learn how to change? Can we communicate about it? Can we discuss it? Can we draw it? Can we sing about it? Can we dance about it? Can we literally embrace each other about what we think is a difference? Let's live through the difference. Let's live it. No more death. It's about life now. Can we be a veteran for living through circumstances that would have us repeat the behavior that we would want to bring damage or hurt to another person's body who's another one of us. Let us live through that. And so this is a great day that we can talk about this on international cyber radio about living through difficulty, living through changes, living through disputes, living through what appears to be two people, two groups of factions, two countries that have different opinions on how to live together. Let's live through it, okay? Let's live through it. So I'm excited to be able to be here this day in the 21st century to talk about a new paradigm on how we handle disputes how we handle differences, that we're going to communicate, we're going to live through it, we're going to discuss it, we're going to live through it, 
We're going to hug through it. We're going to write through it. We're going to dance through it. We're going to basically be alive through settling our disputes so that everybody can benefit. We're not going to give up until everybody can benefit. Yes, everybody can benefit. It doesn't have to be yours or mine. It can be everybody can benefit. And that is not compromise. See, I was looking at something last night here. Um, The Atlanta Housewives were talking about compromise. You have to compromise in relationships, compromise on this, et cetera. It's about being ourselves and being in alignment with what the cosmos, universal principles, that doesn't require us to compromise. All we have to do is basically align ourselves with the principle. And what does the principle do? The principle makes sure that everyone involved benefits. That's why we're so excited at the university that this is what we offer, your capacity to learn universal principles, not only to learn the theory of them, what they are, but how to employ them in your life under all circumstances. So with that said, we want to talk about disease, D-I-S dash E-A-S-E, dis-ease in our physical bodies and how that is directly related to our emotional, mental alignment. Alignment with what, though? With universal principles. How about that? And that was a great discovery that I made in my desire to keep my physical body. I had allowed myself to get so confused and bogged down with this standard and these group of people say you should be like this and this group of people over here say, no, you should be like this and this is how you're supposed to look and dress and carry yourself and you have to have these pieces of paper and just all kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So was it comfortable? The answer is no, a lot of it was not. Okay, and so, but I what? As they say, bite the bullet and, you know, suck it in. And uh, this is what you're supposed to be. Well, guess what? My tissues were like, okay, you can use your willpower to suppress me, okay? And you can uh, force me to conduct myself in these ways, wearing these clothes and putting these shoes on and doing these things to your hair and all this kind of stuff. But guess what? I love you, and I remember who you are and what we agreed to do together here on planet Earth. Now, I want you to hear my language because I'm telling you that your best friend, no one and nothing will ever be closer to you than your physical body. So then you have to understand then that regardless of the husbands and the boyfriends and the children and everything else, Everybody is going to know you to the extent and do for you at your command, under your will, what your body will do for you. Now, most people don't ever think about their body being their best friend. If anything, they just jump up and all of a sudden we got an attitude. You know, my body was aching over here and I don't like how this is changing and look at this, the feed and look at my skin color and skin texture and look at the hairs under my arm and hair on my head or not on my head and size of my ears. We do a whole dissection 
on our best friend, recognizing that nobody else's nose or their feet or what are going to do for us what the appendages and the structure and the face and everything else will do for us on our bodies that we activated at birth. You blew your breath into this body and activated it and turned it on. And how many of you have spent your life dissecting it? Oh, this wasn't right. And why is my this like that? And how come I can't do this? And what? That's what you spend your time doing to your body. Well, I could do this if my body would only, and I could be like that over there if my body was like, what? This is your best friend. This is how you talk to it. This is how you criticize it and you judge it. What do you know about the body? And I'm going to tell you something really cute here before we go to a, a commercial. They're over there waving and saying, we want to talk to you, but you've got to wait a minute. Because something so interesting with hair, H-A-I-R on your head. Wow. Some, every culture I've seen does incredible things with their hair, from taking it totally off to having miles and piles of it down their back, where they down to their ankles, down to the waist. Then they have it lopped over to one side and swirled around, and we've got jewels in it, and we've got ropes in it, and we've got skins and all kind of things in our hairs for different reasons. Well, our culture says that we wear our hair like this. Well, our religion says it should be this way. Well, I like it this way. Well, I saw this hairstyle on a magazine, and it was like this, like that, and the other. And so, therefore, we do all these things. But what do we really know about hair? What is it really? What does it do? Well, okay, you can go to Google or any of these other, and you can look at the fact that, you know, the hair is an extension of the skin, and the hair basically takes on color and texture to protect the area that it's on to keep the body heat in or to keep the area cool or to uh, basically allow a cushion for areas where other objects may come into contact with it. For example, in the groin, in the underarm, hair is there to act as a cushion so that you don't have skin rubbing on skin. And many people who have the hair removed will eventually find that they have problems with the underarm area, with the groin area, because they remove the padding, okay, that helps to control the body heat, helps to control the moisture, also helps be a lubricant so that the skin, as it moves, does not have so much friction with skin rubbing on top of skin. But they don't really think about the fact that what's underneath these areas. And if we look, for example, at the underarm, there are so many structures that run through that underarm. Huge arteries, veins, lymphatic, plexus of nerves. I'm telling you that as I go through some of these um, highway structures where they've got four or five highways going over and under each other, well, where did they get that kind of architecture from? They got that kind of architecture from their own body because we have plexes of nerves and veins and arteries and lymphatic systems 
that basically cross over each other, almost like a basket being woven, so that blood can be taken to and away, that lymphatic drainage can occur in these different organs, that the nerve moving from the neck into the arms, moving from the neck into the lung cavity, et cetera, moving from the neck and the vertebral column, are crossing at these nexus points that are under the skin that has hair on top of it to make sure that that area is cushioned, that it doesn't get too hot, that we don't have accumulation of moisture, that we don't have friction of the skin where the skin can break down because of all these structures coming together underneath that area. So there's a plexus of nerves, arteries, and veins that come together in the what we call axilla or the underarm. That is amazing. We know that there is a very conscious awareness of the tissues that have organized these structures to take on this incredible relationship with each other so that all of this information in the form of blood and energy and nervous impulse and drainage of waste and everything has been arranged. It's called the brachial plexus, B-R-A-C-H-I-A-L plexus. Go to the Internet and look it up and let the diagram show you all these wonderful structures that are lying in your armpit that is protected by a cushion of fat with skin on it and hair. So people are going and they're getting all the hair plucked out and shaved out and waxed out, and some people are actually getting infrared treatment to kill the hair follicles in that area, and even to the extent of killing the sweat glands so that they don't sweat anymore in these areas. They got hair, so they got salons that actually do this to people. And they have never, ever been taught about all those structures under this area of skin known as the underarm or axilla that has been architecturally designed to make sure that there's no problems with the nerves running from the head through the neck, through the chest coming out of the underarm into your hands. So have you thought about people talk about Dupuytren's contracture, where their hands, they can't straighten out the fingers anymore. The fingers are curling. Fingernails are turning dark. Skin on the hand is turning dark. Loss of sensation of the hand, et cetera. How much manipulation have they been uh, a part of relative to the underarm, where everything concerning your hand, your fingernails, your fingers, your wrists, your forearm, your, your arm pendant upon what is going on in the underarm. Have you thought about that? And what the relevance is for the hair that's in your underarm that's determining if your nails are going to be dark, if you're going to have full flexure and contraction of the fingers. Why is your hand shriveling up the palm? Why is it turning dark? Well, what's happening with the forearm? You do know that from the wrist to the elbow is the forearm, and from the elbow to the shoulder is the arm. Most people don't even know 
the generalized anatomy of the upper extremities. You know, the fingers are called phalanges. You have three different segments for the phalanges, et cetera, that extend from the hand, that, the area that makes the palm, to the wrist and the wrist bones that are there. It's a wonderful thing to have a physical body and know the general anatomy and what's under the skin. But most of us don't take that into any consideration. So removal of the hair from under your arms is doing what to the nails, the fingers, the hand, the wrist, the forearm, the arm, and to the nerves, the lymphatics, the veins, the arteries, underneath, just by the removal of the hair. And you still don't know what the hair does. Amazing. So let our sponsor speak to us. Then I'm going to give you a little bit about the hair and a little bit about the emotions, and then I'm here with you to answer questions. I'm here with you to answer questions. Okay, sponsor. You are listening to the Jewel Network Science Radio Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network provides the neural nutrition and stimulates expansion and evolution of the human brain, nervous system, and body. Remember, our source is a neuron. Those wonderful neurons, I tell you. <laughs> now, listen to this. This is very, very important. Think about this. The hair is a microscopic extension of a neuron. So we think of neurons, and the neurons are the cells that uh, play a significant role in forming our brain. And then they extend themselves. And one aspect of those neurons extends themselves, and that's known as an axon. And the axons can be very long, obviously originating from the brain, through the face, through the neck, through the chest, coming down the whole vertebral column, through the pelvis, through the lower extremities, the thigh, the leg, all the way to the tip of your toe, the cell in your brain, a selection of them can extend themselves to form the nerve endings at the tip of your toe. So when you are moving your toes, when you are feeling the sensation at the end of your toe, that is a cell that has extended a portion of itself to go all the way through your body to the end of the toe to receive the information that the toe is exposed to in the external environment. And to show you how deep these neurons can be and the information that they want to acquire, many people, they have hair on the digits of the toes. Yes, they do. And that is actually an extension of the neuron through the skin, changing structure Therefore, its function to accommodate being an extension through the dermis, through the skin, and then being able to accommodate living in an environment that is now totally involved in the environment. A neuron, as most of us are used to seeing it, it's soft and it's delicate. It, it can't live in the air. 
It can't allow you to put a shoe on top of it. You would smash it and totally break down uh, its myelin sheath, its cell wall. So, therefore, it still needs the information. So it goes through an incredible metamorphosis to allow itself to be able to exist above the skin, outside of the skin, into the air to take in information. Now, you've been told, oh, you know, it's just a combination of protein, you know, with some uh, keratin in it. Well, that's another uh, chemical component and that it really is not really alive. Okay, so you can cut it off, and allegedly most people don't have pain when that happens, but they somehow get pain when it is manipulated from its attachment to the skin. And I think many of us can see that with our children and in our children, especially when the children have very tenacious, thick, robust extensions of the neuron that we call hair that has surface area to it, that it doesn't grow just straight. It actually grows circularly to make waves or circular to actually coil upon itself where the hair can actually ball up on itself and make these little, what I call little uh, teas on the scalp when it's short. Those hairs are so prominent and tenacious and so sensitive that you can see in the children when you start uncurling and unfurling those hairs, they cry. The little babies cry when you do this to them because they are manipulating a nerve in being. So when they braid it up and they swirl it up and whatever, I mean, the children just fall out, scream, holler, everything, because it is painful because that is a nerve. The extension, the most distal extension of a nerve that you are braiding and twisting and rubbing and oiling and brushing, especially when the hair has a geometric configuration beyond just being straight. It's very, very interesting. So hair that has what I call a uh, attitude, a position in that is that it will stand up on its own, that it will bush out and grow on its own, is very important to recognize that that is actually a extension of a living nerve cell. And so then how do we handle it? And to this point, most cosmetologists and people who are hairstylists, et cetera, have never come into that realization. So if, you know, putting your hair up and putting a a tight uh, tool on it that isolates it, such as a rubber band, okay, combs, et cetera, most people just bear with the discomfort especially if we do that to our children, and they are livid about it, so painful. I remember when I used to get my hair combed, tons of it, big bushy hair. Oh, my gosh, that was, (laughs) oh, I guess you would describe it as torture. We don't really know what torture is, 
you think of torture as what, you know, people do to each other to try to get information from them or to be unkind. But trust me, combing hair, without consciousness, combing hair for what reason, a serious problem because most people can tell you what parts of the body ache. They can feel the shooting pains through their organs. Oh, my God, my back, my side, my shoulders. Oh, I can feel that down my leg. How can that be? Well, it can be because you are dealing with the most distal externalized aspect of a nerve cell. So do we want to put all the dyes on our nerve cells and twist them up and braid them down? What happens when you put metal on a nerve ending? What is it conducting? What is it transmitting? And I think these things are very important for us to begin to know what the short-term and long-term effects are when we do these things to an exquisite instrument, such as a human body. And so it's time now, going into the 21st century, to have a better understanding and a more thorough understanding of what we are animating our life through, which is known as the human body avatar. Incredible. It can do anything. And one of the great things it can do is that it can live indefinitely. I just use the term it's immortal. It can live indefinitely. But most of us have not yet been able to clear our consciousness, to have enough information in our database, in our mind, to know that our tissues can live indefinitely, and how do we do that? We have more information on how to be able to keep a Bentley or Rolls Royce for 100 years than we do on how to be able to keep the human body for 100 years. Isn't that interesting? Or how to keep a fine piece of jewelry or a fine piece of furniture or to keep houses for two, 300 years. I had the opportunity to visit a cathedral in England celebrating its 902nd year of existence, serving the community, 902-year-old building. You have to understand how awesome that is. No, it was not a pyramid, but just so you can go to a pyramid. 6,000, 7,000, 10,000-year-old pyramid. But in our perspective, this was a cathedral that every day there were human beings that were recording and living there and chiseling their name inside the wood uh, beams and on the seats, etc., for that cathedral. 902 years. That was a projection of a mind. That was a selection of thought that was focused upon and a decision was made about it that this edifice would exist now and for thousands of years later. They've been true to that up to 902 years. Now, that came through bodies. Physical bodies contributed to that, to build that. Perhaps the thought and the vision of one person with the collection of multiple minds through other people, their brain that came together and put this together, and it has stayed in existence for 902 years. 
Can your tissue do that? Of course they can. Listen to my language. Of course they can. All you have to do is be able to think such. This is how we've been able to do what? Evolve. If you missed our uh, presentation here at the university uh, on Saturday, Red, uh, Silver Fox, Thunderbird presented. She's a, a wonderful North American archaeologist, and she presented her findings not only for North America, but we did our Mesoamerica trip through the upper to the central portion of Mexico to look at the artifacts that are representative of information left for us. So we paid very close attention to the OMACs, and, you know, the OMACs to this day, and they are six to 7,000-year-old heads that look just like any melanated person that we would see in any inner city. The only difference is that they had their space helmets on. And, of course, they were weighing 15 to 20 tons, these heads. And they were 10 and a half to 12 feet tall, 8 feet wide. Sculptures, old Mac heads. Go Google it, okay? And they'll show you the pictures. In La Venta, Tabasco, Mexico City. Just scattered around. How are you going to live 15 tons? So many of them have been put into the museums, but there's still a lot that are overgrown. Mother Nature just overgrew them. They're under what they call the bush or the jungle. And they look just like us walking up and down the street today. But they have space helmets on. How about that? They have earplugs in. I thought that was cute, okay? They look like they had the uh, headphones on that we have now available today. About 6,000 years ago. So what am I recognizing? In her presentation, she showed a series of skulls for the humanoid species of life on this planet and how over the centuries the face became smaller and the actual cranium of the head, the encasing for the brain, gets bigger and bigger. Now, what did that say to me? Okay. It said to me that as our brain evolves and grows, where we are able to process more of the mind of God, that we don't need so much body. We don't need so much body. At one point, we were like 20 feet tall, 18 feet tall. 10, 12 foot tall. We found all these skeletons over there. We would just get gigantic. We can go to Egypt and see us. We're 25 feet tall. But as the brain gets bigger, we can do more with the brain, with the mind, so we don't need so much body mass. And that's one of the things that we're noticing in the extraterrestrials that are coming here to planet Earth. That they have really big heads because they got a lot of brain tissue, but the bodies are quite small, smaller. They may be 8, 10 feet tall, but the brain power is incredible. And what's so unique about this is that their spaceships 
Their motherships are navigated by their brain. Their think power, their thinking power. So pay attention to what I'm telling you here because if I'm telling you that the cells, a major component of the brain is composed by these specialized cells known as neurons, and these neurons can grow an aspect of themselves all the way down through your body so that you can feel what's happening on the tip of your toe, that you can feel the temperature in the air or pressure on your toe from the hairs on skin of your toe, then how do you treat the brain relative to its external manifestation, which is your hair? Most people are still yet not getting that. Those are extensions of neurons. And so when we're doing all these different things with the extension of those neurons, what does that have to do with your purpose in life? What does that have to do with your navigation of your environment? Or what does that have to do with your present health? We know for a fact, and this is very interesting, you know, when you look at all these different subjects, it was a known fact in very ancient times that we could take and tie your hair and twist it in a particular way and totally put you in a state of dysfunction, confusion, tension on the brain, not really being able to concentrate by just how your hair was handled. Now, that's profound but true. So many of you know, you come home, your hair is all pinned up and everything, it's all back. And what are the first thing you do? Snatch the rubber bands off and the clips and all that and shake your head so that those hairs can be free and without pressure on them. Why would that be the case if they're really dead? Okay, and it really don't matter much, et cetera. Pay attention to yourself because your best friend, your body is giving you the information, but you are being conditioned to deny the power of self to fit in for what reason, for what environment, and to do these things to yourself that diminishes your power to be in control and be totally aware of what's going on in your environment. So the next time you want to start, you know, clipping stuff off and burning it down so the hairs never grow back, whatever else, pay attention to what you are doing. Is that relative to your purpose? Is that going to help you better execute what your purpose is? Because there are times where there should be no hair on the skin. But for what reason is that the case? And if you're not aware of what that is, you better pay attention as to what you're doing to yourself to be able to be in control of your environment. What happens when you strip all the melanin out of the hair, where now it is only able to interact and transmit and receive information from the visual light spectrum of the electromagnetic spectrum? That's a very, very small band of radiance, very, very small band of information relative to all the information that is available from the cosmos that the hair literally can receive and feed it directly into the body and into the nervous system. Have you thought about that? The most powerful 
receivers and transmitters are coiled. They're not straight antennas. They're coiled antennas and also melanated. That is that they are carrying receptors for the entire electromagnetic spectrum. So this is the kind of information you need. And that's why I just want to say very quickly, I may have to do two shows on this, that every physical imbalance in the body, dis-ease, has a mental and a sensational, sensate, feeling, emotional component to itself. And especially if it's chronic. So diabetes is a common one. High blood pressure is another. Arthritis is another. Okay. Coronary artery disease. Emphysema. Asthma. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. It goes on and on, the list of these disorders that you're asked to just live with and take a medication for as though nothing else can be done for you. At the physical level, that may just well be true because what? Your sensating level, your emotional body, that is the body that's carrying all of the feelings, the reactions to what you're seeing and hearing, the feedback from what you see, what you hear, what you think, the cells of the body, your avatar will give you the feedback. You are always in communication. And that feedback is a sensation. So if you then label that sensation, the body then records it as an emotion. Did you hear what I said? You create your emotions. And if you're not a new soul in a new body on planet Earth, you've been here over and over and over again many times, you also inherit those memories of what a sensation has meant from your past. How about that? Mm -hmm. So we call those miasms when you've inherited these defined sensations. But any sensation in the body does not have to become a composite of the emotional body if you don't give it a label. That's the secret. You don't give it a label. The cells of the body are saying, okay, this is how we're processing what you are hearing. This is our response to what you are seeing. And this is our response. It's a sensation. The cells will then give you that sensation for a period of time, and then it fades. The cells stop giving you the sensation anymore because they know you've got it. You've got the communication. If you don't label that, it just passes on through the body, and whatever you're thinking and whatever you told the body to do, you just go ahead and do it. I pause because I want you to get that. That's very important. You inherit the emotions, but you also are creating the emotions moment by moment. But the sensation is a feedback communication to you through the cells of your body to let you know, okay, I got your command. I got your request. 
but it's not easy for me to stand on this foot because you got the shoe on that's too small. So the sensation that you are now aware of that the skin and the toes and the bone is giving you because your foot is crammed into the shoe and it's too tight for it to be able to execute your request in the way that you would like, you get that sensation and you can decide what that is. Most people would say, okay, shoe, got it, Mm -hmm, we need to take it off, okay, or do something different here so that the foot is telling me that with this constriction, we can't uh, conform to how we would like to. But now he say, oh, this is, you know, a horrible thing and whatever else, et cetera. Then when that sensation comes up again, because you now have given it a value, a meaning, a name, then that's going to be a memory. And so circumstance will come up, et cetera. And if that same sensation is relayed to you by your body, first thing you're going to think about is my foot's under pressure. Okay, my foot is under pressure. Something, right. And people have had that before. Why do I feel so I'm under pressure? That, you know, this part of my body is under pressure, but I don't see any reason why. Because you created that emotion. And based on the body's feedback mechanism to what you're seeing and hearing or the pressure on the body, it has been registered as sensations coming from the foot representing pain but then there's no reason why you should see that. So your lack of knowledge of what is an emotion versus a sensation and how the body carries emotions that you have created by labeling the sensations that the body was just giving you the feedback about what you were seeing and hearing is how we can get into trouble. And when these emotions based on your giving a meaning to a sensation, begins to interfere with the normal functioning of the tissues, we get into disease. But that disease is not due to something physical per se. No, because this is in the emotional body. The emotional body is not physical but it is the result of interactions and actions, reactions that are occurring in the physical body that you labeled the sensation coming from those reactions with a definition and a meaning, and therefore it was recorded in the library history of the body at the level of sensation which is now an emotion. So therefore, when we look at a chronic state in the physical body that inhibits it from functioning, but nobody can find out why the body is not functioning. Well, we don't see a tumor and all your blood work came back normal and we don't really understand why you keep having that sensation. So your question over and over again, are you sure it's this sensation or whatever? Well, let's do a CAT scan or let's do this. And can't really find much. So they're like, well, take this, this, this pain. There's a little variation in this blood work over here. So take this drug for this sensation here. And it works for a while. And then we have now reactions from the drug. 
as well as a reoccurrence of the dis-ease based on the sensation. So it goes on and on. Well, let's try both of these together. Well, then let's try both of those together in another one. So you're on all this medication to try to diminish the awareness of a sensation that you defined perhaps 20 years ago, okay, that has been recorded in the memory base of the tissues in the emotional body. So we know for a fact now that every chronic disease has its origin from defining sensations relative to an event which has now been recorded in the emotional body as now an emotion. And when that sensation comes up again, then your memory banks go back to whatever that experience was and the chemistry now is being secreted continuously over and over again by the brain and it's debilitating your tissues. So, simply, high blood pressure. What is the real cause of it? Well, they say it's essential. We don't, we don't really know essential hypertension. So we can't really find a reason why you have high blood pressure. Okay, the kidneys are okay. The arteries are fine. They're not blocked. You know, you don't have buildup of congestion, no lung disease, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so you just have high blood pressure. So let's give you something to lower the pressure. So a lot of people are diagnosed with uh, essential hypertension. Well, what's essential about it? And what we're dealing with is we're dealing with an individual who has a repertory of sensations that they have given a definition and a meaning to that is still chronically being processed by the brain into a chemistry that is now impairing the normal function of the body. In this case, the arteries. And so, therefore, the amount of blood that would normally be able to flow through without any tension on the artery is not happening anymore. And so, more pressure has to be exerted to get the amount of blood needed through that artery, which puts pressure then on other areas of the body and then across the overall pressure through the body it's now recorded as being elevated. Isn't that interesting? But now what were the observations that caused the body to create sensations that you labeled as anxiety-provoking that therefore the body labeled that sensation as anxiety-provoking as part of its memory in the emotional body. So anything that creates the body to give you that feedback in the form of that sensation then is chronically translated by the brain. And over time, that particular chemistry then causes constriction of the arteries and veins because you keep saying this sensation is tension. You gave it that definition. So... No drug you can take is going to diminish this. It's not an issue that is happening literally at the physical level except the end result of 
all the organs not getting enough blood, not getting enough oxygen, not getting enough nutrients, without the heart having to work so intensely to force the blood through the arteries and the veins is what we're dealing with. But the emotional state that you created, you created that emotion by the sensation that the tissue reflected back to you based on how you were interpreting what you saw, what you heard, what was said to you. So you could have given no definition and no meaning to the feedback sensation of what your body heard or saw. You didn't have to give any definition to that. Just it would have passed on through the body and there would have been no chemistry made by the brain other than during the time of the sensation and everything would have been back to normal. So this has been an issue going on in Western medicine for over 50 years, not having an adequate, simple education to the patient about how they create emotions, how they choose to respond to the sensations that the body emits as it is processing what you observe or hear or sensing, and then how supporting you to go back to give a different meaning or definition to the sensations that you are having is how we bring an end to the chronic tension exhibited by your arteries. But that's not happening. But it's time now. It's the 21st century, so you've got to learn more about what we call your esoteric self, little known of. and It's got to stop being unknown or little known of. You've got to know your emotional body and how you create it. You create emotions when you give a label to a sensation. You don't have to give a label to it. Just let it pass through the body because it's just the tissues telling you, okay, this is, we got that. We see that observation. We heard what was said. And so the tissues are processing it. You let that pass through, everything is fine. You don't have to label it. They said, oh, look at her skin. Her skin is so black. So if you like, oh, that was an insult. He said my skin was so black. Oh, that's horrible. That was insulting. That was racist. And so therefore, all of that discussion in your mind, et cetera, now tells the body that that was unwholesome, the reaction to what was said to me, the sensation is. And so, therefore, you created that emotion. You are black. And why does that have to basically be racist? Or why does it have to be unkind or unloving when you are black? It doesn't have to be anything. Okay, good. They can see. That could have been the response. Oh, yeah, they can see. Yeah, okay. Their eyeballs are working okay. So now then if they want to then start running their programs about what blackness means to them, why do you have to make it your problem? Okay, good. Okay, then let me know what data and information they've collected in their memory banks about black skin. Is it accurate? You could ask yourself that. Is it appropriate at this time? Okay, and 
What does that mean if it's not appropriate at this time? Oh, it just means that they're not aligned with the present moment. They're not here with me. They basically shut down once they saw my skin, and they're not here with me. And so what do I choose to do? And so you got a limited number of options to choose from, but to basically take it in a way that causes tension in your body, mm-mm, you chose to do that. So therefore, you created a whole cascade of chemicals that begin to uh, cause the tissues to change their own natural functioning so that they don't do what they normally would be doing. You created that because you didn't have to make any decisions about the feedback mechanism that the tissues were giving you. Just okay. I heard her say I had black skin and, you know, what she's experienced and whatever else. The tissues are like, okay, we heard that, we heard that, we heard that, we heard that. That's a sensation. Passing on through the body, and you're on focus, moving right ahead. But you decided not to do that. Now we have to look at the second layer of your stuff. So it's your stuff, the thoughts that you have about you within you, okay, now are an issue. Oh, I don't like this black skin, you know, keeps you from getting a job. And if it's too dark, it's going to do this. And, you know, they're not going to give you a job. You know, are you going to get the worst job because of this, et cetera? And it's always harder when you have this kind of skin tone. And Really? Are you serious? That's what you're deciding? And where did you get that program from? Oh, that's how it was 200 years ago in slavery. And you're 200 years in the present now. That happened 200 years ago. You're 200 years in the present. And are you saying that that is still the case for you? Are you sure that's your thinking? Or was that the thinking that was now part of your gene pool because it was thought so intensely, and now you've already inherited that way of thinking and your tissues are processing it from what was thought about themselves with black skin 200 years ago. Oh, yeah, this is how this is working. I want you to know about that. So we promised you that I would talk to you. Our time is uh, drawing close to the end of our show, but I just wanted you to have that information because so much of this is known now, but it's still not getting to the public, and you all are still thinking that, you know, I just got this disorder, this diabetes and this high blood pressure, and my mama had it and my uncle had it, and, you know, my great-grandmother, she lost a leg from it. And that's all it is, that you have to just take insulin and just hope it doesn't happen to you. <laughs> you always have control over what you decide to respond to. You have to understand that. And even though you did inherit the attitude from a parent, from an ancestor 200 years ago. But you don't have to basically honor that memory in you. See, but you have to be aware that it was a memory that you inherited and that you're not going to accept that definition of that sensation attached to a chemical made 200 years ago that you're still allowing to be processed by your brain. We call that a miasm. And we have a wonderful thing at the university. Dr. 
Heather Pierman, she's a master specialist at nullifying miasm so the brain doesn't have to create the neuropeptide to keep the tissues remembering about something that happened 200 years ago. Amazing, isn't it? So, you got questions for me? Let's hear from our sponsors. They're going berserk. Let's hear our sponsors and then let me have some time with you, particularly about any concerns you may have. But just remember, the body communicates back to you by the sensation, the feedback. But you don't have to label it. You don't have to give it a, a meaning. Just let it pass through and stay focused on what your intent is in that environment. I'll be right back at this message and let us talk. Be right back. Humanity is experiencing a vast variety of disorders, HIV, Zika virus, Ebola, hypertension, meningitis, STD, Alzheimer's, and many others. These disorders are the results of not knowing how to live within and navigate the human body. Most of us have learned how to drive a car, but have yet to learn how to care for and navigate our bodies. Enroll into the Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living to learn how to navigate and maintain a disease-free body. Visit us at www.juis.education or visit us on Facebook. Wow, I did it again. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I just had to get that message out. That was a download from the university for you. So our time is up. I love you very much. You're wonderful. And please tune in tomorrow for our Psychoneuroimmunology Hour with Dr. Heather Pierman. She is the genius that can help you get rid of all these uh, emotions that you've inherited from generations ago that are really not relative to the moment. Don't have diseases because you're still processing meaning to sensations that are not true. I love you very much. Psychoneuroimmunology, Tuesday, Wednesday, Universal Principal Support Group. Tune in, and I'll be back next week. I love you, and come to the university and get that brain balance so that you can live Thank you for listening to the Jewel Network Science Broadcasting Frequency. Join Dr. Jewel here each Monday at 5 p.m. on the Jewel Network, hosted by the JewelNetwork.com and Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living, Jewish. For our complete broadcast schedule, additional information, and to purchase products, please visit our website, www.thejewelnetwork.com. If you'd like to contact us, please send your email to info at thejewelnetwork.net. Thank you. This broadcast is under full copyright and trademark protection owned by the House of Jewels. This broadcast in its entirety nor any part of this broadcast can be reproduced, copied, transcribed, placed in podcast format, placed into MP3 format, or suspended on any internet digital location without express permission from the House of Jewels, Washington State, USA. To reproduce or suspend this broadcast in any digital location other than the Jewel Network is prohibited and legal proceedings will follow accordingly. Thank you for listening. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.